Thank you, Anita, and thank you, George, and, and all the staff that are making this conversation possible. We had a marvelous discussion in our group, but I, I think the basic question remains, why are the commons necessary? It's widely recognized that a new kind of commonwealth is needed to revalue and protect the assets of Earth, something that would resolve our private and public debts, create a global society of justice and sharing for everyone, and totally rebalance our ecology through sustainability. There is an answer to this. It's always been right in front of us. We've simply forgotten the name for it. This is the commons, the collective heritage of humanity, the shared resources of society and nature which we inherit from our ancestors, recreate and use in the present, and hopefully preserve for those who follow us into the future. Whether those commons are traditional, like rivers, forests, or indigenous cultures, or emerging commons like solar energy, digital platforms, urban gardens, many communities are managing them now through unique forms of self-governance and collaboration. In today's article, David Bollier discusses the social and cultural implications of the commons. And like the Schweikert article and the article on Proud before that, Bollier calls for the creation of small-scale cooperative markets where the rights to our commons may be realized for the benefit of all. Bollier also rejects capitalism, yet he doesn't propose another way of measuring value that could replace the present market system. He infers that a new metric is unwelcome since market logic has already captured the more analytic left side of our brains. This is a problem for the commons movement generally. Many people working for the commons are right-brained, intuitive, and creative. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You get a worldview that's very inspiring, but not terribly quantitative. In shaping this worldview that everything is connected, so everything belongs to everyone, the commons movement has blurred the distinction between renewable and non-renewable resources. It also fails to show how the private sector, government, and the commons could actually work together cooperatively. None of this is very practical. So this is where the EDA research team begins its analysis and action. We are developing left-brained, evidence-based steps that derive from the right-brained creative worldview of the commons. And we're using this to advocate data-driven solutions in social and economic policy. Now, how do we actually move from the inertia of the present into this dynamic future? I want to discuss two basic steps that will move us from our current dysfunctional system into the democratic management of our commons. First step, it's vital to focus on the differences between renewable and non-renewable resources. This is because renewable resources follow an entirely different rate of growth than non-renewable resources which is something the market clearly does not take into account. This is also why the ecological crisis is often called a market failure. In the case of renewable resources, like fresh air, potable water, fertile soil, plants, and animals, the usage rates of resources must balance their replenishment rates. This is fundamental empirical science. Our goal is to encourage communities to investigate their local resource yields 
to determine how much resources are available to meet the needs of the current and future population. In the case of non-renewable resources like fossil fuels, natural gas, and minerals, their use must be slowed at a different rate because they cannot be replenished. Here the goal is for communities to create a cap to preserve these commons for future generations while allowing sufficient resources for production to meet people's needs in the present. Now, in comparing the availability of resources with people's needs for those resources, we are able to determine the self-sufficiency and sustainability of a population within a given area. This linkage is called carrying capacity. It creates a data-driven measure that enables communities to apply the principles of biological design to social organization. So this raises the question, how would society be restructured to use the science of carrying capacity as the basis of its economy? Bollier divides society into three areas, the commons, private sector, and government. These categories are useful in identifying the basic outlines of a future society but they really don't show us how the social infrastructure will change very much from the present system. In our second step, we take a closer look at the linkages between business, government, and the commons as they are described in the three-tiered economy of Prout. Think of the following as a flowchart, which traces how the energy created by carrying capacity moves through society to create an economic, social, cultural, and ecological whole. First, there are commons cooperatives, medium-sized energies, and medium-sized agencies comprised of local and regional citizens. Commons cooperatives are where most of society's production and commerce take place. They keep track of the region's carrying capacity and make democratic decisions on how to regenerate renewable resources and how to protect non-renewable resources, which involve completely different rates of growth. In many cases, these commons cooperatives will determine a cap to protect scarce resources for the future. Then after setting aside a percentage of a resource for future generations, the cooperatives rent an agreed portion of this resource to privately owned small businesses. This small private sector comprised of individual entrepreneurs extracts and processes the resources made available outside of the cap and sells them as products. As in our present system, these small businesses make profits and pay a tax to government. In turn, government recirculates these tax funds to citizens as basic income. So think about this. Value has circulated from the commons through the cooperative through business, to government, and back to the citizens. Now finally, the rental income which cooperatives received by renting the commons to business is spent on the replenishment and maintenance of renewable and non-renewable resources. So value ends up back where it began, in the commons itself. And here you have a self-sufficient economy where society becomes a natural system, maintaining the metabolism of its habitat in the same way that any living organism, such as a human body, assimilates water, air, nitrogen, and carbon through its own individual parts. Imagine this 
evolutionary process applied in the management of various kinds of commons, crops, lakes, streams, aquifers, oceans, fisheries, wildlife, forests, fossil fuels, mines, manufacturing, digital codes, intellectual property, transportation, infrastructure, healthcare, education, arts, and similar commons. When you have a society that taxes the value that we take from an ecosystem rather than the value added through the markup of goods or a consumer sales tax like we have today, the circulation of energy and material goods flows more consciously and freely through society. Sovereign power and wealth no longer concentrate at the top of the social pyramid. Democratic decisions for resource management are now decentralized among consumers and producers on the ground, generating a new economic relationship with business and government based on equity, diversity, social cohesion, well-being, and sustainability. These two steps rely on data-driven metrics that generate practical collective action. Both are based on carrying capacity, the optimal balance between available resources and the needs of a population. The EDA conference in Asheville will introduce you to the commons as carrying capacity, as well as the data-driven steps for social action which emerge from this. And members of the EDA research team will introduce you to a technique for measuring food carrying capacity and provide case studies from their own regions. The EDA research team will be there at the conference to answer your questions. If you are interested in joining this research team, you can do that at the conference. I do hope you will be with us in Asheville for this engaging event. Thanks, everyone.